Out of one's integrity springs one's path. One steps forward, not away from oneself, but right into the heart, soul, and incarnation. And this is our life. This is our exuberant and splendid, passionate pathway home. From home, going home. The one dissonance for us <clears throat> is that I've never met anyone who fully remembers where they come from. Every moment which has occurred from leaving that home through conception and birth to the present moment when I'm visiting with them or they're visiting with me. And so we hesitate in our very breath and presence of being. Where are we going? Where am I going? Where are you going? Who are you? And we block our integrity. We're so sure that we're either isolated, foolish, inadequate in our consciousness, or unloved enough by God, whatever we call him or her or that, or don't call him or her that. We're certain that we can't find the way, at least beyond death occurring. So <clears throat> we create an inordinate amount of obstruction on the way home. What shall I do to occupy all the moments, days, seasons of my life to avoid dying? Because I don't know who I am, where I come from, where we are, or where I'm going or we're going. You must be the enemy. Not just to my incarnation, but to the seasons of my life. And so... One's attention is generally in the wrong place at all times. And then there's a moment when someone has an ecstatic experience of a butterfly or a flower or a baby or an old person who's very much at peace. And we pause in eternity in that moment. Oh, everything is lined up in this moment. And then we become afraid, what if the next moment isn't like this one? And we create the obstruction again to try to preserve the longevity of our incarnation. I want to live as long as I can. Or we become self-focused in a depressive state. I don't want to live as long as I can. I don't want to live at all. And in either case, we are avoiding the existence of the integrity of our alignment within our heart, soul, and moral compass, the virtue of our nature as a human being, our character. And really, this is our only path. So the more one can gather oneself to the heart and soul and the breath and the practice of that sublime virtuous pathway, the more one is at ease between heaven and earth through all parts of one's being. And then bowing to that capacity in every other human being, every other sentient being, creation, the universe. I've had the privilege of knowing 
a number of very sensitive beings from cultures throughout the world. <clears throat> and one of the most beautiful experiences of, of the splendor of a human being is the relationship some people have with nature. I was walking <clears throat> in Austin years ago in the late 1990s in the Dripping Springs area, considered the bark scorpion capital of the world. Bark scorpions are a small light-colored scorpion. They're not dangerous. They, they're not venomous in a way that can be deeply harmful to a person, but they do pack a sting like a wasp or <clears throat> a very strong bite of a, of a difficult spider or insect. And so it stings quite deeply when one is stung by their tail. But they're just telling everyone, get back. And so I was walking in the kitchen of a small home. And as I began to step down, I experienced a sentient being letting me know, please don't step down or I will have to hurt you. And I lifted my foot and there was a young scorpion underneath the arch of my foot. If I had stepped down in order to preserve his or her life, that curved little tail would have stung me. But he ever so lovingly and politely let me know to please not step down. I could perceive his communication with me. We were bowing to one another and we put a cup over him and a little piece of paper underneath him and so we could slide the paper underneath the cup and then carry, tip it upside down and carry him outside and let him go out into his beautiful life. So there is a quality <clears throat> in which all aspects of the universe are able to function in a divine order eternally everywhere according to the will of heaven and our own integrity in alignment with that will. The difficulty for the human being becomes one of, why did my son drown? My son didn't drown, but I, I know of a, a remarkable young man in Utah who, who drowned kayaking several weeks ago. Why did that young man drown? We don't really know. My experience of his death and the splendor of his incredible life <clears throat> was that it was just time he, he went, he was gone. I'm not sure that any force I know of could have saved him. Just all of a sudden, one day he was gone. The difficulty is everything in our being wants to heal that. And yet the late Stephen Levine would have posed the question, what would healing be in that circumstance? And these are the great questions of life. By great, I don't mean good, like, wow, great. I mean great, the profound questions, the questions of gravitas, of the gravity of life. <clears throat> and so... The one aspect in every season of one's life, the cycles of the year from spring to summer to fall to winter, 
the cycles from conception, gestation, birth of a healthy baby, infancy, childhood, youth, young adult life, adult life, maturity, elder years, old age. They follow the resplendent rhythms of grace. We are all the children of that grace. And we are not <clears throat> the authority of the grace, although we co-author with heaven the path of integrity. And the mystery at the very heart of grace is part of our signature too. In order to heal the ancestry from which we come, the cultures from which we come, the continents, the societies, we have to find peace with the mystery that has flowed in and out of our ancestors, within ourselves, toward the future. Then what begins to occur <clears throat> is within one's heart and soul, in integrity, a living prayer asking for protection, blessing, guidance, health and well-being in all ways. And just as that <clears throat> precious little scorpion saved my foot and himself or herself, Everything in the universe comes together in integrity beside us. And then we walk into a circumstance where we have the courage to embody that principle, whether we face poverty, prosperity, solitude, love, having children, not being able to have a child, education, innocence, and a lack of sophistication in the education of our world. <clears throat> so if in integrity universally we can bow to the principle of that virtue in another being, we can find that one young man who wants to be a car mechanic has great intimacy with his brother who has a phenomenal engineering scholarship. Both men are needed in our world to care for a universal society. Both men have an equal capacity of realizing integrity side by side. So that as one experiences strength or weakness, the other is a sort of bridge for him, back and forth, a figure eight of infinity, and this young man, and that young man, back to this young man, and that young man. <clears throat> then what occurs is we face the season of the present moment into the next with something magnificent. <clears throat> and when there is a tragedy which occurs, rather than scarring ourselves with the mental pictures we think should have occurred and our emotional reaction to those mental pictures. <clears throat> we don't define our path based on those projections or concepts of self-reflection. 
Rather, we transparently move through them and are aware, mentally, I would have preferred this. However, I am present with the mystery of what happened in the reality of what happened. And I am able to heal being at peace with what my mind and emotions and human incarnation can know about what happened, to find my way from the past through this present, humbly and nobly toward the future. I'll use an intimate example. <clears throat> I have a very favorite photograph sitting in front of me in a little round frame of my late older brother Michael and myself when we were in childhood at the little cottage of my family on Cuckoo Lake in Western New York State. Many events in our family have occurred on that splendid piece of land. There are many cultural traditions which occur all around that region of this nation and our world. <clears throat> and we grew up side by side, playing in the fields of the Lord everywhere around that little cottage, barefoot all summer until we had to go and buy shoes for the next school year. And so there's so much, the smell of the earth, the Perseid meteor shower in the early autumn, late summer, when my father would place a quilt out on the beach and let Mike and me sleep out there. And Dad would lie down and look up at the stars and <clears throat> teach us about the constellations. And then as the meteor shower started to move across the sky, he would say goodnight to us and go in to the cottage with our mother and leave the two of us to sleep outside, just the two of us under the stars, falling asleep, knowing that shooting stars and our wishes upon every single one of them were coming from God across our universe upon this earth toward our future. The same meteor shower will cross the night sky in that region of our world this August, and I will be aware of it. In the same dreaming, presence, and becoming my father so lovingly taught me. <clears throat> so at that cottage, I've told this story before, I turned 16 in, in the late autumn and we were there at that time. And <clears throat> I came walking in and there was a tall vase with a dozen extraordinary long-stemmed red roses. How my father was able to have the florist obtain them at that year, this would be uh, in the 1970s, in the town, it wasn't, uh, at that time, it was very difficult to obtain flowers like that in the small towns of our region. But he had arranged it like a month before. He wanted me to always have that kind of love in my life. From father, brother, friend, husband, colleague, son, someone. He wanted that bowing to the garden of God gifted to me everywhere I would walk my whole life, especially at the time of remembering my birth, remembering for him the day before Thanksgiving when I was born in 1953. Second child, our mother safely delivered of this baby I was. My father so grateful, he an only child, so the closeness of Mike and me to his parents were, was important to them. It was important to my mother's parents also, but <clears throat> I'm one of 31 first cousins, 
So I had a different relationship. Not less, different. But for Anna and William Charles, it was a rose of God that was born that day. And every single day of my life, I'm aware of their strength, particularly Anna's beside me. I wouldn't be sitting here recording this if it weren't for her. She was the educator of our family. It lives on in me, no matter what I undergo. She healed into the becoming of a matriarch of our family. Her brother George died in the Spanish flu pandemic. In 24 hours, he was gone. So she took over much of the work he would have done. Rather than scarring herself, I can't. <clears throat> My grief is too great. I won't be able to. It's just not possible. I don't know how to do this. She went forward. <clears throat> and when she married, she turned down several suitors and knew this isn't my husband. Now I, this is a lovely man, but I'm not to marry this man. It happened to her three times in her 20s and 30s. She finally married at 40 and proclaimed that she'd like to have a child and not move to the New York City area where my <clears throat> grandfather was from, but to stay in the Finger Lakes area because she felt raising a child there would be a very different experience. And so he was willing to do this, and lo and behold, they had my father when she was 41 years old. A rare occurrence at that time for a woman who hadn't born children in earlier years. Healing into life. Healing into life. I've known women who found at a certain age, I can't have a child. It's not possible for me healing into life and then being close to their own sister or working as a therapist with other people's children or starting an organic garden with her husband and selling vegetables to restaurants all over northern New Mexico, healing into life. Not the mental pictures one thinks it will be. This is what I have planned. But rather the great mystery what does God and your soul establish beneath the shooting stars? The fieriness and brilliance of God's light in you, <clears throat> the sound of God in you, the creation of God in you. So walking into the cottage that day, <clears throat> there were the roses. And then Mike walked in the door, <clears throat> my older brother Michael, and came in and sat down a little rectangular box a bottle of Chanel number no. 5 perfume with a beautiful ribbon tied around the box here Elizabeth happy birthday I distinctly remember my mother being in our small living room and turning around and looking at me with this astonishment on her face I was aware of the comprehensive love of my father and my brother within themselves in integrity as a father and son and for my mother as a wife and mother exhibited to me in their love for me as they both showed me a gorgeous gesture girl now becoming woman young human being now becoming adult. 
the glance between my mother and myself was beyond any thoughts. We were receiving the mystery of such love from these two men. So several months ago, I was working very intensely with some prayers for humanity and our arguments right now with our capacity to go mysteriously into an era beyond some of our arguments of the past. <clears throat> and I actually went and bought a very small bottle of Chanel Number no. 5 perfume and put it in with my toiletries, and creams and perfume and hand cream and uh, items I use, you know, brushing my teeth and brushing my hair so that it would sit on the little stone shelf there just to be with me. That strength of my brother never leaves me. Never. It is like a window to heaven from God through the roses and flowers of southern France where the Chanel flowers are cultivated by several families. Still, still several families grow those roses and flowers. And then the movement of that through the thousands of people who've grown the flowers, harvested the flowers, pressed the flowers, bottled the flowers, created the glass bottles, filled them, tied by hand the tiny uh, threads, sealed them with wax, put them in boxes, shipped them, sold them. These names will never be known by me, but they're known in all of our hearts and souls. In the integrity of this alignment, we are all practicing. Oh, beyond warfare, the perfume of the holiness of God through the love of my father and my brother, we move into healing. Then if I take my brother dying in 56, or my father dying, I was with each of them when they died. My father's was very sudden. My brother's was after the toxicity from the uh, rocket fuel from the space shuttle program of NASA. He was one of the creators of this and the lab they worked within was designed specially for them and the ventilation <clears throat> was inadequate. So all of the men died over a period of years and realized when they fell ill what would happen to them because they understood scientifically. So each of these men left me in middle years. They were not young, nor were they old. But my life has always known how to go on transparently healing into heaven on earth through my heart, soul, and incarnation on the integrity of my path. May we take this season of this course and turn within to recapitulate any place where you have held a scar, justifying yourself against heaven, against the future, as a victim of the past, rather than being sculpted by grace, to be humble and supple, 
moving forward in the nobility of your integrity in all seasons of your life, everywhere and always.